Now, is poaching the new drink of choice for a night out? Are we all going to be drinking poaching cocktails once restrictions are lifted? Over the last decade, poaching has been going through a glow up with new brands and innovations restoring this old style hooch to a more sophisticated standard. One brand that has taken off since its inception in 2017 is Mikkel Poaching, and its founder, Porico Grealish, joins me now on the line to talk about his family's ties to the drink. Hello, Porik. Hello, Louise. Good morning. Good morning to you. How are you doing? I'm very well. And yourself? I'm very well. And I'm very interested to hear about putching because I was saying earlier that I really have only ever encountered putching in the early hours of the morning at a like a gaff party in Galway when I lived there. Someone would pull it out, you know, and it would be in a <laughs> suspicious looking bottle. And I was too terrified, frankly, to encounter it. But as I said, it's been going through a bit of a glow up, hasn't it? It certainly has, and uh, I suppose uh, we, we're on the um, we, we're established, I suppose, um, officially since 2016. But in actual fact, the family they've been making it, you know, for over 170 years and uh, for six generations. And the name Mikkel actually comes from my great 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 grandfather's first name. So we've actually been distilling ever since, and it's been handed down, you know, through each of the generations. So. Um, we would have learned it there from our late grandfather who only passed away there last year. So wow. he was, you know, so proud to see the family tradition, you know, up and running and out in the open and not in suspicious bottles. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit then about kind of the origins, um, you know, when your family began making it and how it kind of started out? Well, yeah, it goes right back to uh, Mikkel's time and you're talking middle of the 19th century there. Pretty uh, tough period, really, just after the the famine. But, uh, you know, he, he had a, a real reputation, I suppose, for looking after the, the local community. So uh, he was a bit of a, a character. Uh, so he's widely known in, in, in local folklore. But uh, from that generation on, you know, the, the poutine making was, was handed down. And, um, you know, I, I decided I always wanted, it was always a dream, you know, to, to, bring, it to, to bring it to market. And uh, that happened in 2016. So we've, um, we've been developing it ever since. But, uh, you know, we've other categories in the portfolio now. But um, it's, uh, it was illicit, you know, throughout those hundreds of years. And the, and the big misconception is that people think, you know, oh, it was illegal because they couldn't control the strength of it, etc., mm. etc. Et but really, um, the, the reason it was uh, illicit is because the, the Crown, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the British Parliament couldn't collect taxes on domestic distilling, so they decided to make it illegal. And that's when Parliament whiskey became legal. And, mm. and actually, the only difference between um, Parliament whiskey or whiskey and poutine was the ownership of a licence historically. Mm. So all of that stuff about the strength and sure you wouldn't know what it would do to you and all that stuff, that's made up. You know, there's there's a lot of, um, you know, made up uh, stories. And uh, to be honest, you know, Irish people are great storytellers yeah. and uh, <laughs> they're never short of exaggeration. You know, the stories of, you know, you, you've heard all the stories yourself yeah. about, you know, what it, what it does the next day and everything like that. And and really, we, we've always made really well-made uh, poutine, which was to be respected and all the rest of it. So, mm. uh you know, I, I, it kind of made me a little bit uh, disappointed and angry, I suppose, that people were, you know, that, that they didn't really understand it and people yeah. used to understand it. But they're getting an understanding again, which is great. Well, that's, I suppose, why we're talking about it this morning. So tell me then about, like, what is what is it made of? Yeah, and a huge misconception about poutine again. People think it's made from potatoes. I don't know, did you think it was made from potatoes I've definitely as well? heard which that is... at times over the years, yeah. 
Yeah, so historically it would have been made from from grain, you know, for for uh, for pretty much all time. Um, so so barley uh, mostly. Now other grains would have been used as well, like oats, rye, and wheat. Um, you know, like whiskey. Yeah. So um, so it's it's uh, it's made from that. So now we have two poutines. We make one from exclusively Irish malted barley, and the other one then is made from a mix of barley and oats, and uh, that one is peated. So that's another thing. You know, people think, oh yeah, Irish whiskey and Irish poutine—they're meant to be, you know, sweet and smooth. You know, there's there's um, that lack of understanding. That's uh, an actual fact. A lot of it was peated in Ireland, so smoky. Mm. And so peated, you're talking about peat moss. Well, you know, I don't know if you've ever spent the day on the bog, but I uh, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. <laughs> I have in, seen it. Galway, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I did live in Galway for three and a half years, but I, ne- I never got that experience. Well, you know, next time you're coming down to visit the distillery, uh, you should also maybe chance a, a little visit to the to the to the boglands. You know, just well, to, I would visit, but I, from what I hear, it's very hard work, and I'm not actually really big on hard work. You know, so I might struggle a little. Right. I <laughs> know uh, you'd be grand. Listen, we'll show you the beginner's way of uh, how to how to foot turf, etc. But um, the, the the old distillers, you see, they made everything from scratch. So yeah. you know, my grandfather, for instance, he would have grown his own cereals he would have malted his own cereals and part of the malting process is actually drying it out Mm. and when you're drying it out the the available material was turf so it's imparted that lovely uh smokiness peatiness to the to the grain so and that in turn went into the spirit i mean like everything you're saying it makes total sense to me then that people would be getting into it because i live with a whiskey drinker, like a whiskey connoisseur. I think he'd probably like to call himself. He'll be mortified now that I said that. But my husband is very into (laughs) Irish whiskey and has quite a collection and he loves to taste new things. And so it makes sense that people would be picking up on this, you know, if if all of the kind of, well, not the folklore, but some of the stories about it or the, the misconceptions that people have actually aren't accurate. Well, they're, they're, yeah, they're they're definitely not accurate. You know, uh, they're they're all wise tales. But again, you know, we're we're great storytellers. But yeah. one thing I suppose again, and the relationship between poutine and whiskey isn't really well understood. So, mm. um, at home we would call it um, fushke. So we wouldn't even call it uh, poutine. And obviously, the anglicised word for fushke is whiskey. That's actually where whiskey comes from. Right. So we we speak Irish at home, and yeah. that's how we we refer to it. Okay, so then what are the differences between, now sorry, this is again, I, I'm all for asking stupid questions on this show. What is the difference between a whiskey and a poutine? Yeah, fantastic question. And there's no such thing as stupid questions. In, in fact, if people <laughs> ask more of them, uh, they'd be better informed. So um, the difference between poutine and whiskey these days is that uh, whiskey must be aged for three years. Uh, we know that because we're laying down our own whiskey oh, um, uh, as we speak. But um, So we're very familiar with the differences. Um, you, you're not allowed these days to age poutine for any longer than 90 days. Mm. So um, we, we don't age um, our poutines but we may have something coming out uh, that has been aged in a wooden cask for a little while, uh, but uh, that's that's under wraps uh, okay. for the moment. But uh, yes, so um, so look, it's it's basically down to the uh, the cask aging. Now, there's one other thing. Uh, our poutine is also flavoured with the botanical, oh. so it's it's a it's a herb. So we pick this wild herb called bog bean, and we have done so for generations. And there's actually a reference to it 
uh, way back in 1324 in a manuscript uh, that the monks uh, would have written and it's uh, it's been you know really uh, valued I suppose for its medicinal benefits mm. so we've been using it ever since so we pick it locally and it goes into the poutine and we also use it in our gin I mean and you're not allowed to use botanicals in whiskey okay right but bog bean I mean that is just that yes. name I mean you could not make up a more perfect name for an Irish botanical could you <laughs> you couldn't really yeah um, so it's uh, and as a real point of intrigue as well people like bog bean what is that like you know so uh, yeah it's it's uh, it's easy enough to find if they do a Google search and they still see what it is well it just reminds me of like tonka bean or vanilla bean which are very sophisticated uh, flavourings so that's you're, you're right up there as far as I'm concerned so okay so if we're going to be drinking poutine how are we drinking it are we drinking are we we're not I mean, we're not, are we doing shots? Are we sipping it? Are we mixing it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, traditionally people think it's a, it's a shot or some other form of that. But, uh, you know, one drink we really recommend and uh, we do it a lot in our visitor centre. It's uh, called uh, the Mickle Mule. So it's like a poutine mule. So it's basically, um, you know, your poutine, ginger beer, high quality premium ginger beer, um, lime juice. So just squeeze in a wedge of lime, lots of ice. It's incredibly refreshing and you get this beautiful uh, spice and uh, kind of honey sweetness coming through. Uh, so it's super refreshing. So that's the Mikkel Mule. And, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of coffee fans, I'm sure, listening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the espresso martini, you know, it's it's had a huge resurgence. You it know, it's, it's, the look, it's the look of the drink, but it's also the taste. I love them as well. Mm. So the poutine, uh, Mikkel poutine, seen there in um in espresso martini it's it's uh, i'm not just saying it because I love coffee and and poutine but the two of them together uh they're 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 absolutely stunning and tell me i i would like to know about your putting irish cream that's coming that's right. Yeah, it's actually the world's first, um, you know, poutine Irish cream. So Irish cream is it's a protected category. So is poutine. So is Irish whiskey. So we have protection for our three native spirits. Um, so we we've decided because it's it's a family recipe. No more than the poutine. Uh, my grandmother actually, uh, she would have been making this Irish cream. Yeah. And uh, I decided, you know what? I think it's really important that we bring this this recipe out. So mm. I suppose uh, you know the the, the you know the um poutine would have been made by my grandfather and going back and then this is something from the the maternal side of the family if you like or a collaboration between the maternal and the paternal but anyway so we're bringing out this uh, beautiful uh, poutine based Irish cream and uh, we can't wait it's going to be out uh, late summer uh, we expect and it's uh, going to be under the Mickle Distillery umbrella as well Very good now I have to ask because everything you're saying I mean it sounds like you could sell gallons of this to Irish Americans so what's your your customer like is it is it do you get a lot of kind of international customers is it a lot of Irish we do yeah we do um I have to say I suppose uh, we've a great mix but uh the the Americans absolutely do love our story but you know what as well uh, our own Irish as well they uh they really you know we're so good I suppose at spotting inauthenticity and what they see when they come to visit us and engage with the brand they see nothing but authenticity and and I've had people come in they've been really sceptical about poutine but you know they they really engage and they they love the story and uh, they they feel like they've learned a lot because they have and um, you know so so really I suppose that the big visitor of course because they're on their holidays would be you know the American and the Europeans uh, but the Irish do love it as well you know the British, etc. So, 
but yeah, they, they, they all love it. But in particular, you know, if I had to emphasize, I suppose, one customer that, that really gets blown away completely, it's probably the, the American market, you know? Yeah, yeah. And tell me, has it been a rough year for you or 13 months with COVID? It has been incredibly, yeah. it has been incredibly challenging. Uh, I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a huge shortage of hand sanitizer. So we decided to um, to help out the local community because we had alcohol yeah. stock, we'll say, that wasn't going to be, you know, consumed. And yeah. I mean, it wouldn't go off, but we decided to, you know, to, to help out. So we did that and uh, that also, we sold it to business as well, kept yeah. us going. So it's it's been a tough all year, but we've got really, um, I suppose, exciting developments this year. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're going to new markets, we're, we're taking on new employees. I mean, we, we, we haven't even taken on investment from anybody before and people are like, wow, you didn't, you didn't even take on any investment. And, you know, we wanted to do things slowly, yeah. but uh, we are opening up to that uh, possibility now, you know, yeah. for for people who who wants to invest because we've been asked so many times and we were like no 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 but now we're like okay we, we'll consider you you know we'll, we'll talk to you <laughs> okay you know? very good uh, well, just got... we're very we're very guarded about our, our brand you know yeah well that makes sense it's so I mean it's it's personal obviously for you as well because it's generations of your family and it's family recipes and family history it's it it's it certainly is you know and and you know it, the thing that makes it uh, you know kind of reminds me every day is if you look at our logo you'll see the guy in our the the figure in our brand it's actually my uh, late grandfather and it was himself he it's based on a photo of him and he was harvesting barley mm. uh, back in the late 1950s so um it's just uh, you know so true to the to the heritage so uh, I, I hope he's uh, watching over us there today you know uh, mm. hopefully he thinks we're still doing a good job you know <laughs> I'd say so it sounds like you're you're operating with great respect to the history and tradition um so tell me if people want to visit you uh, where is the visitor center uh, so we're based in the Oslo Bar in Salt Hill. Uh, so it it's well. it's almost got that speakeasy uh, kind of vibe yeah. to it because you have to go through the bar to get out to us mm-hmm. in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have plans for a new place in Connemara. I'm not allowed to say okay. much about it, but uh, <laughs> all I say is we are uh, developing, uh, you know, a plan to, to move to Connemara, and it's uh, it's looking very good. So you know, we'll be kind of going back to the heart of it again. You know, well, look, uh, but. Um, it's super to hear that and it's great to hear, you know, about your plans for, for the next couple of years and on into the future because I know it has been a very hard year for lots of people and, and presumably with in- international customers even more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know if people want to find you, they can go to mickledistillery.com. That's M-I-C-I-L. Pork, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Louise. Have Listen, a great hopefully one. Hopefully you can visit uh, us at some stage in the near future. I would love to. So I'll see you then. Thanks a million. Perfect. Thanks Thank very you. much. That's Porco Grealish from MickleDistillery.com. I'm so interesting to learn about all the things, the misconceptions, like everything I thought I knew about Puccine, I did not know, it turns out. Louise McSherry on 2FM.